Enhance trust, mitigate risk, create value. ESG has the power to transform your business as you build a sustainable future. And that's what this podcast series is all about. This is KPMG harnessing the power of ESG. And in our first episode of the series, KPMG tax leaders explore the intersection of tax and ESG and discuss how tax addresses each of its three pillars. Hello, everyone. Welcome to KPMG's podcast series on corporate ESG, environmental, social, governance. I'm your host, Brett Weaver, head of KPMG's U.S. tax ESG practice and tax lead for our firm's impact offering, or KPMG Impact. At KPMG Impact, we understand the power of ESG to transform business. Our impact solutions enhance and empower your ESG initiatives. We assist clients to enhance trust, mitigate risk, and unlock new value as they build a sustainable future. In this podcast series, we'll explore the role of tax in a company's overall ESG initiatives. With insights from our subject matter leaders, we'll explore how companies are managing tax risk, preparing for tax transparency, addressing sustainable finance considerations, and implementing tax ESG due diligence for transactions. In our first episode, we discuss the intersection of tax and ESG, specifically tax as a measure and as a driver of sustainability, and what we should be looking for in the evolution of tax ESG over the next 24 months. In today's podcast on tax strategy, we will discuss the role of a company's tax strategy, what are the hallmarks of a good tax strategy, and if you've never published one before, how do you go about doing so? So, joining me today, I'm happy to introduce my guests, Matt McNeil, Principal in KPMG Impact Tax Group, and also a new Vararatharajan Director in KPMG Impact Tax Group. So, Matt and Anu, welcome. It's great to have you with us today. My first question, maybe Matt, I'll start with you. A little bit of a setting the stage here before we get into tax strategy uh, probably be useful to get your perspective on how tax overall contributes to a corporation's overall ESG initiatives. Could you cover that one? Yeah, happy to, Brett. Thanks for uh, thanks for asking. And I think you you mentioned it in your introduction to today's podcast. And uh, and and for those folks that didn't get to listen to the first podcast in the series, um, I'll I'll touch on a couple of the key points from that discussion. And when we think about the ways in which tax intersects with ESG, we we do think about it in in sort of these two key ways that you referenced, right? Thinking about um, tax as a a driver of sustainability and tax as a measure of sustainability. When we think about tax as a driver of sustainability, we see, you know, both, both carrots and sticks at play, right? We think about the ways in which Governments are encouraging environmentally and socially responsible behavior, and, and they're offering certain carrots, being you know credits and incentives that that uh, encourage that behavior. Certainly in the U.S., we we think about the the ITC or the PTC. Um, we think about the low income housing tax credit on the social side. Um, but those are those are the carrots to incentivize uh, quote unquote good behavior. And then we also think about the sticks out there, increasingly, you know, environmental related taxes, carbon taxes. We see the uh, CBAM uh, uh, coming down the road in in Europe. 
Um, but even here, we see certain sticks on the social side as well. I start to see things like taxes on, on soft drinks and other sugary beverages. So there we see the ways in which uh, tax really is being, in fact, used as a, a driver to encourage certain behavior in society. On the flip side of the coin, uh, we mentioned tax as a measure of sustainability. And here we see all the ways in which different standard setters, you know, ESG standard setters, that is, and, and uh, different NGOs out there that are, that are putting out guidance as to what good corporate behavior looks like. And, and that's, uh, in many cases, inclusive of good corporate tax behavior as well. Um, certainly, Brett, as you and Hanu know, there are a lot of standards out there. Um, and in addition to the standard setters, we've seen the rise of ESG rating agencies that are trying to help investors and the public make sense of, of all of the guidance and all of the data that's out there to, to again, understand um, how, how companies are, are behaving with regard to, to these standards. So I, I think oftentimes we talk about um, tax as a measure of sustainability and, and we tend to maybe jump over uh, some of the, the basics. And I, so I think it's good to, to pause for a moment and, and go a little bit deeper um, on, on what good corporate tax behavior is, because I think it's been instructive to how tax plugs into the, the overall ESG movement. And here, you know, there are a handful of key things that I think um, the, the NGOs and standards are focused on. Uh, the first one being, you know, do, does your organization have a, a good global tax strategy in place? Um, in addition to that, you know, looking at, as to whether there's sufficient governance at the organization, um, ensuring that that tax strategy is being abided by. And then finally, uh, sort of the third pillar here, really being around tax transparency and how open is an organization being about um, not only the strategy and the governance they might have in place, but um, where they're earning income and, and where they're paying taxes. Yeah, thanks, Matt. R really insightful. I mean, what I take away from that is that uh, tax plays a role across all three pillars of ESG as you walk through that environmental, social, and certainly the governance side of it. And I think that's a good framework uh, to set out how a tax strategy really underpins how tax is actually interacting throughout each of those ESG pillars. That's, uh, I think that's a great place to start. Uh, Anu, let me turn to you now that Matt set the stage as to how a tax strategy fits into the overall um, purpose of tax across ESG. Let me ask you what a good tax strategy actually looks like. I mean, how, how do we know if we have a good tax strategy? Yeah, hey, um, that's a great segue. I'll start with what Matt said. There are so many um, standard setters that are out there with very you know, detailed um, expectation of what good behavior looks like. So I'd say, first of all, a challenge for um, a lot of the companies would be, where do we start? What is it supposed to look like? Um, give me some ideas on what a good tax strategy um, is. I think the first starting point is always um, a, a robust tax strategy is one that's able to deliver the sustainable outcomes that a business is aiming for, right? So it's not something that stands on its own but it is an integral part of the business or the company's overall ESG 
um, initiatives, what their strategies are. It's an, an enabler, like Matt had just stated about, you know, the tax incentives being a driver of the ESG initiatives, and that gets roped into a tax strategy. Um, it clearly will articulate the principles that guide the company's tax transactions. Um, so in examples that we've seen with respect to tax strategies, we'll see companies that could state that, you know, they'll comply with all of the local tax laws um, in the jurisdictions that they're operating in. Um, they'll have some commitments about, you know, complying and filing their compliance um, documents on time. Um, they'll ensure that transactions have an adequate business purpose, et cetera. Um, the other thing, again, uh, continuing with Matt's point of view about governance and the role that it plays in the tax strategy, a good tax policy or strategy document will also describe its attitude, the company's attitude towards tax planning, tax risk appetite, and tax risk management policies. How is the tax risk identified? How do they manage? How do they mitigate? Who has responsibility for dealing with the tax risk? And in doing so, um, this can be an effective tool to provide confidence to external stakeholders that tax risks have been appropriately considered um, and addressed. And um, so I think to wrap that all up, you'll also see I would suggest um, that a good tax strategy document would also have references to the governance that the company has adopted to live out what the commitments that they have made in the tax strategy um, statement to say if they're going to do something, um, how do they ensure that there's adequate governance, there's adequate controls to make sure that they're able to live out the commitments made in the tax strategy document? Thanks, Anu. That's, uh, that's interesting. And that's a lot that's packed into a tax strategy. You know, you and Matt both mentioned that there's a lot of uh, you know, different standard setters out there and I guess rating agencies as well. And you mentioned that they all have kind of a different view, you know, so the, the, the items that you pulled out here that should be in a tax strategy, I mean, do, do you get those from just pulling bits and pieces from all these various standard setters? Or, I mean, how do you come up with that? Um, the first place is uh, to identify a standard setter that you feel comfortable reporting against. Um, you've got the WEF, you've got the B team, you've got GRI that I think is one of the most popular um, standard setter that folks report against. And then to identify the... Um, items or areas that you're comfortable reporting or discussing in your strategy. Um, it's not a one-size-fits-all. There's no one tax strategy document that is sort of a template that every company can easily adopt. It is a thoughtful process about looking at the standard setters, identifying the principles, the standards that you're comfortable with, and then starting slowly and then working your way through the strategy document. You know, Anu, I, I think that's a, a, a really great point. Um, I, would, I would reiterate that, you know, strategy really is the right place to start here. And, it, you know, when we think about what a good strategy is, the, the first thing, you know, an organization will ask itself is, you know, what are the principles that we actually stand for as an organization? What guides the types of transactions we will or won't enter into or the incentives we'll pursue or, or how you make a call where the, the law is perhaps gray or uncertain? 
And and ideally, it is in fact this tax strategy and uh, the the enunciation of the principles that uh, your organization follows in engaging in tax planning that would be captured in this tax strategy document. And certainly, that's what many of the standard setters are focused on, right? They're looking for uh, commitment to certain uh, behaviors that uh, are indicative of of good corporate governance, right? We we certainly see uh, many of them reference prohibition on investing in tax haven jurisdictions uh, unless there's requisite substance in those jurisdictions or, you know, only engaging in transactions that have commercial substance, Um, you know, following not only the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law as well. And Certainly some of those things that, that we've seen in, in many of the high profile you know, cases and, and headlines uh, and uh, the, these organizations, the NGOs, are looking to, to minimize some of those more um, uh, abusive or aggressive structures that are out there. Yeah. Can I add to Matt's comment here? Um, I think, Matt, one thing that we've both seen um, that I'd like to also reference in terms of the principles would be the commitment to an appropriate transfer pricing policy, right? In this global economy, when we see so many companies with a business presence throughout the world, but subsidiaries in various places, um, making sure that they address that piece in their tax strategy seems to be something that a lot of standard setters are also paying attention to. I would agree. There's a lot of focus on that and and a general elevation of tax within the organization, right? Um, Calling for increased focus on tax by both the C-suite as well as the board, Um, even even calling on the board to be involved in the development of the tax strategy itself. You know, listening to both of you, it's it's becoming clear to me, right, that tax strategy is uh, significantly about setting out principles and what the company believes in, in terms of how it guides tax strategy, and also a number of commitments that companies are making. In that context, you know, let me come back to you, Anu, for another question. I mean, you know, understanding now, you know, what this is and the commitments that would be made, do most U.S. multinationals actually publish a tax strategy? There's definitely a movement towards publishing a global tax strategy document that addresses all of the points that Matt and I raised earlier. And part of the reason is also that companies are starting to get questions from investors, from customers, from employees, asking them, you know, what is their approach to tax? What are their guiding principles? Um, So to help answer um, all of those queries, um, and to also affirmatively state, you know, their approach to tax, companies are definitely looking towards a crafting a thoughtful tax strategy document. Um, I think 18 months ago, if you'd asked me, I would say that the, the number of companies who are undertaking this, probably maybe a handful, um, significant movement um, today in terms of the number of companies that are looking towards having um, an appropriate tax strategy document. Thanks, Anu. That's really helpful and kind of sets the stage. It looks like there's a pretty significant uptake on that, but you know, we're we're starting, as you said, 18 months ago with not a lot, so, but we are seeing that change quickly. I mean, to me, that raises the question. You know, it, it appears there's been some hesitancy, at least by U.S. multinationals, to publish a global tax strategy. Matt, let me turn to you. I mean, what what is that hesitancy? Why would companies hesitate in publishing a tax strategy? 
Yeah, it's a great question, Brett. I, I think the first thing I would note is, you know, in the absence of any actual requirement to publish a global tax strategy document, you know, many companies to date have, have said, well, this just isn't a top priority for us unless they've gotten, you know, specific heat in the press or they're getting questions, you know, from their C-suite or investors or, or the board. And frankly, you know, it's a bit of a scary process, right? Um, oftentimes, we've we've sort of, as uh, tax practitioners and tax departments historically, um, managed tax affairs entirely, you know, uh, in 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 the privacy of the tax department. Uh, obviously, going through all the the risk mitigation procedures as uh, as appropriate. But the idea that um, the these principles, the the guardrails and the guidance that you use to decide how to engage in tax planning, what transactions to enter into, what incentives to pursue, uh, who's doing what within the organization, putting all of that out publicly, um, you know, that's that's a bit scary um, and uh, shed light on on your organization in new ways. And, you know, as a, as a head of tax, you need to be uh, ready for that that new sort of uh, level of transparency and and disclosure. Um, so certainly understand and, and have been hearing um, from our clients that that that's a big step and and there's uh, some fear around doing that uh, prematurely, particularly in a voluntary environment. Um, but what we've found working with those companies that that have taken that step um, and and working with them to think through some of these strategic issues as to what do you in fact commit to and and uh, which standards do you align to and and how all of those interact with um, the overall sort of ESG posture of your organization we've largely found those fears to be unfounded um, certainly, this this is an area that takes um, some care. The, you don't want to be rash in your decisions around transparency in this space. But um, we found that that most organizations um, can find a way to improve or increase their tax transparency, and in fact, bring sort of a a new sense of purpose and um, greater governance to their their tax organization overall yeah great summary matt uh, i got i guess listening to that i've got a follow-on question for you right i mean assume you know i'm a company and you know i i'm really you know using your advice to kind of think through this and i'm you know i'm feeling the purpose-led mission of my company to you know to really engage in these areas maybe i'm feeling a little bit of some of the pressures from investors or others that you mentioned and so i'm now starting to seriously consider you know maybe i do want to publish a tax strategy i mean you've helped companies matt work through that process i mean what is it like to take that first step in developing and thinking about publishing a tax strategy yeah, Brad. I mean, you you kind of touched on it. It it is a bit of a soul searching process. Um, again, I think a lot of this stuff around strategy, good strategy, good governance, etc., um, has historically been tribal knowledge within the tax department. But that process of saying, well, you know, let's get that down on paper, and then you know, let's let's open that to the light of day. Um, you know, we, we talked about the fear uh, associated with that, but it is soul searching to say, OK, 
what is it that we, in fact, are going to do and, and willing to commit to? Um, and I think that's a good process for any organization, frankly. Um, you know, strategy is one piece, of course, in the overall tax ESG discussion. Um, but it is absolutely the right place to start. Um, we, we've talked about the principles that the, um, that the various standard setters or rating agencies would be looking for you to potentially have in your strategy document. And that can be a good starting point to say, well, are these things that we are willing to commit to? But I also think um, understanding, you know, in dialogue with with organ the management of the organization, understanding things like what is our overall risk appetite as an organization and how does that filter down to the tax department? Um, you know, so considering those things as you, in fact, develop that strategy document. But once that's in place and, you know, I, I, I think this is where we're seeing the market move. Once you've got those things in place in your strategy document, the next question is, well, what's the type of governance that we have in place to ensure that we actually abide by that strategy document? It's one thing, right, to, to put things down on paper, but it's another to, to say we've got the mechanisms, the policies and the procedures in place to ensure that we're actually doing the things we say we're going to do. And I mentioned we see the market moving in this direction. Certainly, we are seeing our clients increasingly getting questions around governance from investors um, that are moving on from saying, well, we just want you to have a, a global tax strategy document published. That's good enough. We'll give you points for that. And, and that's satisfactory. But in fact, now asking organizations to share more about the governance, be more transparent about those guardrails, those policies and procedures that the organization has put in place. Um, and, and when you think about this, think about it from the investor lens, right? As an investor, if I'm putting my money into your organization, I want to know that there are mechanisms that are going to prevent your organization from being on the front page of the Wall Street Journal tomorrow as part of, you know, Pandora Papers 3 or you know, Lux Leaks 7, whatever number we're on these days. Uh, how, how do I know? And, and same thing as a, a customer as well, right? As I buy your products, as I engage with your services, um, and, and I want to ensure that you're acting responsibly, how are you going to communicate those things that give me confidence as a, as a stakeholder in your organization? And so um, governance really is, is the home and, and, and where that, that happens. Um, so I've mentioned strategy, I've mentioned governance. Really, the, the third pillar is all about transparency. Um, so, you know, we've, we've met with a number of organizations that, you know, have a, a great tax strategy in place. They've just never made it public. And same thing with the governance. Um, if, if you've got, uh, you know, a great tax risk management policy that identifies all of the uh, individuals and, and within the organization and, and what their role is with in terms of managing tax risk, right? What are the thresholds uh, at which different issues are elevated within the organization? But all of that is private and none of it's public. Your organization is not going to get any credit with uh, either the ESG rating agencies 
or those stakeholders that are taking a closer look these days at your organization on these matters. So we so we get to this transparency discussion, how much of this strategy, this governance, and then, of course, the third piece being tax payment data, how much of that information are you going to make public? And so um, that's really the arc we see companies uh, uh, traveling along, right? Strategy, governance, and then dealing with transparency. Uh, but but that's, uh, Brad, I'd say that's what companies can expect. I'd like to add to what Matt just said. And I think the one, when I've had conversations with um, with clients, I think the reassuring factor is you don't have to get it perfectly right the first time, right? If you've never published a tax strategy and you're going to do it for the first time, it's it's going to be a process. And to allow themselves to have the time to take at it piece by piece. And maybe it's, you know, you're, it's a, a so shorter document the first time around with just certain commitments that they are comfortable making. And then to slowly progress along that spectrum of transparency that Matt was just talking about to say, well, step one, we'll start here. And then to, to move along and then show progress that on that spectrum of transparency. You know, and that's a really great point, right, that uh, it's kind of an evolving process and, right, that makes sense, but a really important point to make. Uh, I've got a one, well, you've got time for one more question, Anu, and I'm going to pose it to you. It's just taking off of what Matt said, you know, that it looked like as we dive into this first foray and publishing a tax strategy that it raised a lot of questions about tax governance and controls. So, Anu, my question for you is, how often in your experience as companies prepare their first tax strategy that they identify some enhancements that they want to put in place around their governance and controls? Uh, great question. I think the first step, once they've identified the, the, the principles that they would like to document um, and they've, you know, they feel comfortable with the commitments that they've made, uh, the very next step seems to be, okay, what if somebody were to come over, like an investor, right, and ask me, yeah, I see you made these commitments. Like, how do you exactly go ahead and, you know, enforce that? How do you live that out? And that's when the governance discussion starts. So um, if not, as they are um, starting to put their strategy together, um, it's probably the very next step that they find that the governance needs to be addressed. Um, and, and oftentimes, um, their company may already have certain policies in place that may not be very tax-specific, so it doesn't always have to be a very high lift with respect to, you know, sort of the initial governance efforts to say you have to build something from scratch. It could very well be you've got some policies in place that you have to um, tweak to make sure that it applies to certain tax policies. Or it may be that the policies are incorporated in some other finance policies and need to be um, highlighted to say, you know, this is really with respect to a tax principle um, and identify and state that separately. Thanks, Anu and Matt. This has been a fascinating discussion. I hope that uh, for our listeners, it was very helpful for them to think about what publishing a tax strategy is all about and what that journey looks like. So we really appreciate both of you being with us today. And for our audience, please join me next time on our Tax ESG podcast series. When we have our next series, we'll do a deep dive on tax governance and control framework. And if you have any questions or would like to contact someone at KPMG on ESG Matters, please email me, Brett Weaver, at baweaver at kpmg.com. And please do visit us at visit.kpmg.us impact 
and sign up for our ESG alerts to get the latest insights on ESG and tax as well. Thank you again for joining us today and have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode of KPMG Harnessing the Power of ESG. And be sure to subscribe to the series to be notified of new episodes.